Welcome to Christchurch Manchester Sermon Podcast. We are one church that meets in various locations across Greater Manchester. For more information about who we are and where we meet, please visit www.christchurchmanchester.com Last week, part of the sermon that uh, was preached uh, would have been included a voice from heaven. And that voice from heaven said to Jesus as he was being baptised, baptized, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And uh, or if you've got the translation I've got, this is my dearly loved son who brings me great joy. And uh, that voice from heaven resounded out over Jesus and uh, would have been heard probably by people around as well. And this morning, I want to look at some, another voice. And this voice is the voice from hell. So um, now some of you might think to yourself, I know a voice from hell, someone down our road. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> or <laughs> just got you thinking now, haven't I? And, uh, you know, there's um, plenty of voices that feel uh, not good. But I want to look at uh, Matthew chapter uh, 4, which is the follow-on to what was preached last week. Jesus has got baptised. God had spoken. And then it says, immediately, Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. And uh, what we're going to look at there is, as Jesus is in the wilderness, not eating for 40 days, a voice comes to him, a voice that tries to stop him doing the very thing that God had sent him to do. And uh, I wonder, just as I start this, if you've had a voice, and I don't mean a literal voice, but something in your head, something inside you, which has stopped you doing what God wanted you to do. Maybe you wanted to be a Christian. Maybe you wanted to follow Jesus. Maybe you wanted to give your life and be fully devoted to following Jesus. And a voice says, hey, remember what you did yesterday. <laughs> remember the things you thought. Remember how you treated your sibling. Lots of voices come and you might, how can you even think about being a wholly devoted follower of Jesus with those voices in your head? Maybe when it's been announced that there's a baptism service, you've thought, I would love to be baptised. I would love to declare to everybody that I follow Jesus Christ. And then a voice comes to you. How dare you do that? People know you. People know who you are. How can you get up and say, I am a wholly devoted follower of Jesus? What a hypocrite you will be. And so that voice has big influence on your life. Maybe you aspire to be a leader. I don't mean 
a kind of James type leader. Who would want to aspire there? But uh, <laughs> I'm joking, I'm joking. He's a great leader. But just uh, maybe a leader of a small group, leader of Sunday school, some sort of leadership role, just stepping up to take responsibility in the church. And then a voice comes to you. How dare you even think about doing that? You struggle to lead yourself sometimes. <laughs> you struggle to make good decisions. How can you help other people in their decision-making and in what they do? These are voices from hell. These are voices that are trying to trip you up from doing the very thing that God wants you to do. There are many other things that I could mention, but I just wanted to mention those three as illustrations, but also, I think, maybe pertinent to people in the room here. And uh, Jesus gives this massive, God gives this massive declaration to Jesus that you are my dear son. You are special. I love you. You're great. And the devil comes in, Satan comes in with a contrary voice. If you are the son of God, I mean, what a contrary voice. God says one thing, hell says another thing. I suggest that for many, we live in that contradiction, that, uh, that, that world where you get different voices coming to you. Voices of affirmation, voices that confirm who you are in God and confirms God's love for you, and voices that undermine who you are, undermine that you're even a Christian. Sometimes you might wake up and think, I barely feel I'm saved. There's a voice from heaven and there's a voice from hell. And we're going to look how Jesus dealt with the voice from hell and then we're going to apply it very briefly at the end. And so in Matthew chapter 4, verse 1, it says, Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted there by the desert, the devil, did I say the desert? <laughs> okay, so there's three characters that we're going to look at in this scenario. Jesus, the Son of God. Matthew announces to Joseph, who's going to raise him and bring him, bring him up from an angel. Do not be afraid, Joseph. Take Mary, your wife, for the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit and she will have a son and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. So at the very start of Jesus' life, in fact, while he was in the womb, an angel declares over Jesus that he would be the saviour of the world. And we know that that salvation involves suffering, it involved humility, it behold, in the end, being nailed to a traitor's cross. That was the journey for Jesus. And we'll see how the voice from hell wanted to stop that journey. Salvation would be marked, as I say, by humility. And John the Baptist said over him, 
He's the Lamb of God who will take away our sins, our iniquities. So that's the first character in this uh, narrative. Second is the Holy Spirit, the third part of the Trinity. It was the Holy Spirit that came upon Mary when she conceived Jesus. And uh, it was the Holy Spirit that came upon Jesus as he was being baptised and the voice from heaven came to him. The Holy Spirit came on to give him power, to anoint him, so that he could do the works of God as a human being, so that he could walk like we walk in the power of the Spirit. So the Holy Spirit then leads Jesus. So that's the second. And the third one is the voice from hell, Satan himself. And the Bible talks about the fact that the devil is the ruler of this world. Now, that's a strange thing to say because we believe God is the ruler of this world. And both are true. In the end, God is sovereign. He's got authority. He's the creator of the heavens and the earth. But because of our forefathers' sin, because our forefathers' turned away from the living God. It gave Satan the right (laughs) and the power, actually, to rule this earth. And Jesus came to destroy that rule. Satan's rule is all about power, deception, getting your own way, Wars, abuse, rumours of wars. Everything that we can see in this world is the way Satan rules it. Terrible, terrible ruler. (laughs) And sometimes when we look at rulers in the natural, and there's been some despots (laughs) through history, you see behind them a force, a power. Satan, the voice from hell. So here's the devil wanting to maintain control of the world. Wanting to maintain control of human people. Wanting to make sure that his deception, his lies, his torment, his destruction... His iniquity was constant through this earth. And so they're the three characters. Jesus, the Son of God, the Holy Spirit, part of the Trinity, and the voice from hell, Satan. So that's the three characters and the scene. Jesus in a desert for 40 days without Eating. You know, I struggle not to eat for half a day. (laughs) You know, one day, okay. In fact, if I'm feeling ill, slightly easier. (laughs) But when I'm not, it's a struggle to fast. 40 days is a long, long time. 
And Jesus, led by the Spirit, in the desert for 40 days. And uh, these 40 days probably represented 40 years of the people of God in history going through a wilderness experience. They'd left slavery, the Israeli nation, with the Egyptians defeated, and they'd walked for 40 years round and round in circles in a desert. God providing for them. God looking after them. God preparing them so that they could go into the promised land and set a new state up. So that is the scene. So let's just see what happens. First of all, the devil, the voice from hell, goes for the juggler. You see, what is the juggler? What is the most pressing need for the Lord Jesus Christ at that moment? You don't need to be a brain surgeon or a rocket scientist to think. The pressing need for Jesus was food. (laughs) If you haven't eaten for 40 days, what is the biggest temptation you could have? It's a balm cake in front of you. (laughs) It's whatever you want in front of you. And basically, the voice from Satan, the voice from hell said to Jesus, Jesus, you are all-powerful. This is a paraphrase. You can do anything. Surely you can turn these stones into bread. (laughs) Now, Jesus knew he could do it. So, wow, this is a voice that's saying to Jesus, why don't you do this? A short time later, his mum's going to say, we've run out of wine. Turn that water into wine. A little bit after that, thousands of people are going to be sitting hungry and Jesus is going to get five loaves and some fishes and he's going to feed 5,000 people. He can do it. He's been led by the Holy Spirit. He's there. Turn these stones into bread. It's a logical thing. It's, it's almost like, why not? You know, the voice from hell says, why not? <laughs> why not? And so, Jesus has a dilemma. But he knows this, that listening to the voice of hell, even if it's a reasonably good thing, do you understand? This isn't go and murder somebody. (laughs) This isn't going swearing at your neighbour or your friend. You know what I mean? It's not something obviously wrong. In fact, you could argue after 40 days, he's desperate for food. (laughs) 
And yet Jesus knew that man, people should not live on bread alone, but their very word that God has said. And he quoted that from what God had said to the people in their 40 years in the wilderness. And what did he mean by that? He meant this, that it is our calling to do what God says. And if God says turn this stone into bread, then we'll do it. But we don't live on bread alone. We don't live on natural on instant gratification and fulfilment, even if it seems okay, if it's not the will of God. You see, God had called Jesus to be a suffering servant, to be somebody who would be humble, would suffer, would take all the stress and pain and understand what it is to live like we live. And so... Jesus said, I'm not going to listen to the voice of hell. I'm going to allow God and God's word to sustain me. So that was the first thing that happened to Jesus. It was provision. He wanted his provision from God, not from hell. Second voice from hell was this about protection. And it says in Matthew 4, verse 5, Then the devil took him to the holy city, to Jerusalem, to the highest point, the temple, and he said, If you are the Son of God, jump off. You notice this, if you are the Son of God. Twice now he said this. God has told him he's the Son of God. The voice from hell is questioning that. You go through all your life, and I can assure you this, there are times when the voice of hell questions are you a true Christian (laughs) if you were a true Christian you would never have done that that's what the voice of hell says to you if you are the son of God jump off this temple and he will order his angels protect you and they will hold you up with their hands so you won't even hurt your foot on a stone that would have been good on Instagram. <laughs> would have been good on social media. <laughs> the Son of God. Not that they had it in those days. The Son of God jumping and a whole host of angels <laughs> swarming in, catching him. How? How? Easy for Jesus to think, if I am the Son of God, then that will happen and that will prove to everybody I'm the Son of God. And Jesus says to the voice, do not test the Lord your God. That's wrong to test God. So, because God had already said, you are my son. So to do something stupid, like jump off the temple, even knowing that God would send the angels, 
Jesus says, I'm not going to listen to that voice. Can you see how subtle Satan is? Comes in all the time trying to undermine our status as sons and daughters of the king. Trying to undermine Jesus as the suffering servant. Trying to make Jesus do things that would actually draw attention to himself for the wrong reasons. Look how good I am. <laughs> look how important I am. Angels look after me. The devil's trying to feed ego. Trying to speak to that part. And so the third thing he came, and the last thing, was power. The devil, verse 8 says, took him to the peak of a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. I will give it all to you, he said, if you will kneel down and worship me. Wow. And in some respects, in some respects, he could do it. Because that's what he's done to many people in the world. You kneel down to me and I'm going to give you this. That's why there's so much evil and wickedness and brutality and terrible, terrible injustices because people have bowed the knee to a wrong power, to a wrong authority, to the voice of hell. Sometimes we look at men and women in history and think, they are so bad. How could they gas millions of people? Or how could they exterminate or do genocide? Even in the last hundred years, those have come. There's a ruler of this world. A ruler of this world who's speaking from hell. <laughs> who's offering from hell. Power. Power. And the way to get it is this. And so, Jesus is offered power and authority without the cross. Without being humiliated by people. Without being spat on. Without being stripped naked. Without going hungry. Without his brothers and sisters thinking he's a bit insane. All those things happened to him because he chose not to listen to the voice. The voice that says, all power is yours if you just worship me. I'm thinking to myself, I normally have upbeat sermons. <laughs> They've not given me an upbeat sermon here. <laughs> they've, given me, they've given me hell. But you know what? When we understand hell and what it says to people, we can be upbeat because we can see there's another way. There's another way. There's another way. Because when Jesus went the other way, that was not to take hold of power and authority and food in the wrong way, but to go through suffering, to serve, to look after people, to be kind to people, to challenge people, to heal people, to die on a cross painfully for us. 
at the end of Matthew's Gospel, it could be said of Jesus, all authority has been given to you. You see, Satan thought he had all authority. He thought he could control the whole world. But Jesus, by his death on the cross, by going the way of a suffering servant, the Lamb of God, defeated Satan once and for all. That voice has no power over you. Because Jesus, Jesus now has got all authority. It's good news. This is good news. It's also good news when we're looking at the newspapers and the news and we're thinking hell seems to have broken out everywhere. And then we look at our own lives of addiction and struggles and pain. And we think hell seems to have broken out. But Jesus, the Lamb of God, the Lamb of God who took away the sin of the world, died on the cross. So that when we want to be a wholehearted, devoted follower of Jesus, we can say, I know I'm bad. In fact, I know I'm really bad. In fact, I know I'm really, really, really bad. Well, maybe I'm not so bad. I'm not as bad as them anyway. Whatever the voice of hell says to you, Jesus has had the victory. (laughs) And his righteousness, because he did not sin, because he turned away from the voice of hell and followed the voice of heaven all through his life and then died on a cross. It means you can put your hand up and say, God, I have given in to temptations. Please, Jesus, will you forgive me? And will you make your righteousness, the stuff that you did right, can you make that right with me? And he will. Because he nailed all the stuff you've done onto a cross. And we're going to break bread together in a few moments with that in mind. And then, for those of you who think, I want to get baptised, but boy, you don't know how bad I've been since I became a follower of Jesus. And those of you who feel like I want to step up to leadership and you think, you don't know how apathetic I've been. (laughs) You don't know how little I read the Bible. You don't know the things that I think disqualify me. The Bible says this in Hebrews. We have a great high priest who has entered heaven Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to what we believe. This high priest understands our weaknesses. Hear that? Jesus understands our weaknesses. Doesn't understand our strengths and our success, he does. But in this instance, he understands our weaknesses. For he faced all the same testings we do, yet he did not sin. 
So he understands us, but he didn't do it. So let's finish with this. So let us come boldly. Let us put our hand up boldly and get baptised. Let us put our hand up boldly and say, I want to be a leader. Let us put our hand up boldly and say, I want to do the will of God in my life. That, so let us come boldly to the throne of a gracious God. There we will receive his mercy and we will find grace to help us when we need it most. And boy, you need it most when you're getting baptised. You need it most when you want to stand up for the leader. You need it most when you want to be a wholehearted, devoted follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. And you know what? He's done it for us. Thanks for listening. Christchurch Manchester is one church that meets in various locations across Greater Manchester. To explore this sermon or learn more about our church, please navigate to the links provided in this podcast description. From there, you can connect with us on social media. And you're welcome to check out the music links featured in this episode from our very own musicians. You can also discover current events and information about where we meet on Sundays and various groups or community projects that you can join in with. If you're interested in knowing more about us or wish to join us for one of our meetings, please reach out. Simply drop us an email at hello at ccm.org.uk. We look forward to connecting with you.